Thank you guys. You guys may be seated. Happy Father's Day again to all the dads out there. I know you've, uh, you're ready to get to that barbecue, so I'm not going to be long. Give me a hint for uh, how it works with me. The more feedback I get, the faster I go. All right? Okay, you guys, that's about an hour and a half right from now. How do you want to get to that barbecue? All right, all right. Uh, I'm just really excited. Thank you guys so much. Um, but I want to jump right into the Word. Um, as this is a family day, and I want, to, want you to spend the majority of your time with family, but I do have a word I want to encourage you with. Tomas Martinez uh, lived in Bolivia. He was homeless, lived on the streets there. And an amazing thing happened. He inherited $6 million. How many know that would be good news if you were homeless? The sad part of the story is he never received it. You see, when the police uh, were looking for Tomas Martinez and they had discovered where he was at, as they approached, Tomas seen him from the distance and he got up and he ran. The police ran after him and couldn't find him anywhere. He had escaped uh, um, uh, much to their, they, they were profound, they were just dumbfounded, like, why is he running away? They went to the news, no one could find him. They went to the news networks and the news got on it, spread the story. The entire city was looking for Tomas Martinez so they could tell him the good news. Why would anyone run away from $6 million? <clears throat> According to the story, Mr. Martinez thought the police were trying to arrest him because of his substance abuse and his criminal history. How the story ends is go one of the ways the story ends says this, one story says that the inheritance came from his ex-wife upon her death, and it still belongs to Tomas, though he is still living as a homeless man and unaware of his fortune, because no one can, be found, no one can find him. I want to encourage you today about receiving your spiritual inheritance instead of running away from it. You see, God is pursuing us. God is pursuing real life. He's pursuing you and I with his good promises. How many of you ready to run towards his good promises? <clears throat> I was so excited today to hear that Pastor Scott and Pastor Karen were going to be here today because it sets my message up perfectly. <clears throat> you see, Amy and I, and I want to say this publicly, Pastor Karen will always be a source, Pastor Scott and Karen will always be a source to real life. Amen? Amy and I are not threatened by their presence. We are comforted by their presence. We're not worried about them getting in the way because they've paved the way to get us to this point in time. How many are you thankful for a couple that paved the way for real life 11 years later? It's important for us to have this mind shift. They haven't left or abandoned real life church. They've deposited a spiritual legacy for us to steward enhance and expand together. How many ready to steward what's been deposited here the last 11 years? You see, Amy and I are not replacing the Hagans. We are picking up where they left off. You see, it's important, important, it's important to understand, listen, it's important to understand the receiving our inheritance because we're not starting over if we understand it correctly. 
We're not starting over if we step into this next season as a church aware of the inheritance that's been handed to us. I mentioned to you that during the application process at the Q&A at the town hall meeting we had a few weeks ago, one of the first questions that was asked to me was, what is the vision that I would be bringing to real life? And so actually, I was thinking of this as I was preparing, and I went back and looked at my response, and I quote, I put one of the biggest mistakes I think an incoming senior pastor can make is bringing their own visionary ideas and implementing them immediately without assessing the current staff vision and mission Pastor Scott and Karen have built over the last 11 years. Why? I'm not bringing my own thing. I'm going to step into and partner with what God has already been building the last 11 years. Somebody say, I'm not starting over. You see, the work of the gospel, the vision and the mission of Real Life Church, how many know Real Life Church is all about the work of the gospel of the kingdom? This side is getting it. How many of you know the gospel, the work of the gospel, the vision and mission of Real Life Church? Listen, it's perpetual and generational, not discontinuous. With the changing of leaders, listen, with the changing of leaders, listen, it doesn't stop and start over in the kingdom. It is handed, it is handed off to the next leader to pick up where they left off. You see, God didn't bring us here to experience reruns of what's happened the last 11 years. God has called us to build upon the storyline that started 11 years ago. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to see God write more of my story and write more of your story. Have you read a new, ready to write a new chapter? He spoke this word. Pastor Scott just shared this word of fulfillment. Listen. Before fulfillment comes, listen, there must be alignment. And we must align with the spiritual inheritance of this house, all of us. Everybody say unity. We must come on. We must, there must be an alignment in this house. Listen, and by the way, if you look at all the, all the different business books and different things that talk about transition, they say that this is the most difficult transition, a realignment of sorts. But listen, I've got confidence in this family that we can align, listen, under the spiritual inheritance that God has for us. In other words, Pastor Scott and Karen's finish line becomes our starting line. We don't have to go back 11 years and run a race that's already been run. So this is what it looks like. Come on. Pastor Scott and Karen finished their race, and now I'm running. I'm running. Come on, somebody. We're running. 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 I don't have to do how many how many don't like to do a do-over? We don't have to start over. Listen, we're running the next leg. Isaiah 59, 21, and this is a promise for all of us. It says, as for me, says the Lord, I love how he says that. He says, as for me, this is my covenant with them. 
my spirit who is upon you. How many thankful that the spirit is upon you? But not only you, he says, my spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. Nor, listen to this, nor from the mouth of your descendants. So in other words, the spirit that's upon you are going to be upon your children as well. The same words that are in your mouth, the same promises that are in your mouth are going to be in your children's mouth. Now look at the next verse. Nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants, descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. So from you to your children to your grandbabies and from generation to generation, the work of this house will continue. It will not stop. It will not falter. It will continue from generation to generation. But there has to be an alignment, right? Two weeks ago, I talked about how transition is simply a disruption in the healthy, normal function and flow of a church. There's no reason to panic. This is transition. We can expect disruption. We can expect bumps in the road. We can expect quirky things happening. We can expect those things. They shouldn't surprise us. Listen, don't allow disruption to force you into premature departure. Don't allow disruption to force you into departing from what God has promised. You see, when disruption occurs, like I told you a couple weeks ago, the woman with the issue of blood, we have to be like her. We must reach out. Come on, when disruption happens, we must reach out in faith for the fringes so we can receive the fullness of what God promised. Isaiah said, my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth. We have to rehearse the promises of our destiny together. As a church, we have to rehearse the promises of God together. One of the, most, one of the things that I'm most excited about is finding out the history, the words, and everything that has been spoken over this house so I can carry them into my tenure, so I can steward them well, so we can see, listen, my assignment be that of one of fulfillment together. We have to rehearse the promises of our destiny together as a church, not nurse the pain that has been caused by disruption. You see, don't allow disruption to influence your decisions during transition. Don't allow disruption to determine your steps. How many know his words should determine your steps? Don't allow disruption to cause you to waste your influence. How have you been here a while? How have you been here more than two weeks? Most of you, right? If you've been here more than a few months, you have some kind of influence. And what do I mean by don't waste your influence? Every time you leave, every time there is a departure, listen, your influence meter goes back to zero. So a lot of times we think if we leave, it's going to get better. In reality, it means you're starting over. So why not work it out here and let your influence grow rather than erase all your influence and start over somewhere else? And, by the way, learn the same lessons that you could have learned here. Hello. I'm just preaching you out of my life because I'm just telling you right now, I'm starting over. I'm not up here with you guys. 
You don't know me. You're looking at me saying, I, he better preach good as I'm leaving, right? Because you don't know me. So I'm starting over. I took a step of faith. We took a step of faith. We're starting over, and we're on the ground floor with you, right? So my influence meter right now is zero. But as I get to know more of you, I get to text more of you, right? I get to touch more of you. My influence grows, right? And you start liking me, right? And then we go from like to love. I'll give you some. I'll give you love, right? They inf- I won't leave you hanging. My influence grows. But every time I leave, it starts over no matter what. And so the frustrations that you might be frustrated. Listen, it's on, let's be real. This is called real life, right? Listen, there's stuff in transition that happens. It happens, right? But listen, it's, it's better to work through that stuff because what I've learned, and this wasn't in my first message, so somebody must be here that needs to hear it other than me, right? <clears throat> the thing that we have to learn is when we leave prematurely, wherever we go, we end up taking that test again. See, if you fail the exam over here, you have to retake it over here. That's how it works. So how do we receive our inheritance? I don't expect you to give me an amen to that one. That one's kind of like, I'll chew on that a little bit and get back to you, right? So how do we receive our inheritance instead of running away from it like Tomas Martinez? Number one, we have to take personal responsibility for what we've been given here at Real Life. In other words, we have to do something with what's been deposited in your life and at Real Life. Two deposits have been made the last 11 years, whether you've been here just a couple of months or what you've been here the entire time. Some of you were with Pastor Scott and here when they planted harvest in Elk Grove. So it's a long, long time. But you are called to steward two things, the deposit, listen, that they made in your life and the deposit that they made in this church family. Everybody say, I'm responsible. We have to become a steward of our legacy and the legacy of real life. Stewardship is defined as this, the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. As real life, we have been entrusted with a huge responsibility called legacy. How many are you ready to take responsibility? Listen, there's pastoral responsibility. There's responsibilities that Amy and I are stepping into, that the staff has. Listen, that's different than your responsibility. But together, listen, we all have personal responsibility. Come on, to steward the legacy over this house. Matthew 25 Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents. We know the story. To the other he gave two. And to the other one he gave one. Verse 16, then he who received five talents, he doubled his talents and got five more. And then the one who got two, he doubled his and he got two more. And then the, the, the servant that got one went in and he dug in the ground, verse 17 says, or verse 18, he went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. 
The faithful stewards, one was given five, the other two, both doubled what was given to them. Verse 23, look at this. His Lord said to him, said to both of those two servants, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over how many things? I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Notice the connection, real life. Notice the connection between faithfulness, increase, and joy. You have to be faithful, listen, over that deposit that God has given, and then the Lord gives you more. See, a lot of us, listen, we want to go after our dreams, but listen, we have a corporate dream, listen, that we have to steward together, and sometimes it's when this dream starts happening that your dream starts unfolding. Listen, you want to know when ministry gets, gets exciting, when ministry gets joyful, Listen, it's when you go from few things to many things, you step into a whole new dimension of joy. You see, a lot of folks want to be given much without doing much. (laughs) I love that. You can sit on the front row next week. I like that. You see, they want the joy of increase without faithfulness. I was hoping to get another well. (laughs) Verse 25, listen to to the, the servant who buried his talent's response. And I was afraid. When transition comes, the temptation is to be afraid, to be fearful. What's this dude gonna do? (laughs) What's this couple gonna do? What do they think? What? I'm just being real. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have it's what is yours. You're getting back what you gave me. Listen, be faithful with what you've been given, not fearful about what might happen. Verse 29, for to everyone who has, listen to this, more. Everybody say more. How do you want the more of God? Come on. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. In other words, the Lord was using this parable to say, if you don't use it, listen, if we don't steward the legacy that God has given real life, we'll lose that legacy. All of us together, we have a choice to make to see this legacy unfold or together go back to zero. If we fail to take responsibility of what we've been given, we will create legends instead of cultivating our legacy. We'll be talking about yesterday instead of tomorrow. We'll be talking about 2007 instead of 2027. We'll be talking about yesterday, not tomorrow. A legend is a non-historical or unverifiable story. Have you ever heard one of these? Handed down by tradition from earlier times and popularly accepted as historical. You see, legends are born at events like high school reunions. You ever been to a high school reunion? Oh, you guys are smart. Only three people. I'm four, all right? I graduated in 1988, so... 
four years ago, I was at my high school reunion. And I'm telling you, there are legends everywhere at your high school reunion. I mean, there are stories going everywhere. And there's guys, I remember guys, there's like, hey, man, you remember when I got the ball and I, boom, and I scored a touchdown. And I was like, no, man, I don't remember that at all. Hey, you remember when the, sh- the shot clock was down to 10, 9, 8, and I shot that three? I was like, man, there wasn't even a three-point line back then. What are you talking about? You see, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to be real-life legends or do we want to be a real-life legacy? Do I want to be a legend or do I want to build a legacy? You see, a legend wants to be someone. A legacy wants to build someone. You see, you'll never live up to a legend, but you can always live out a legacy. A legend can't be replaced. Come on. A legacy is always replenishing. You see, I don't want to live up to a legend. Pastor Scott and Pastor Karen are not legends. They are incredible leaders. Believe me, the entire city has told me who I'm following. I know. But I am not fearful because I am going to be faithful with what's been given me and what's been given us. I have a responsibility to see the legacy continue until I pass this off again. Who's going to be next? Who's going to be next? Who will I hand this to? You know the thing. It's all about the handoff in the relay. You see, my succession, listen, my, whoever my succession, that starts today. I don't know who it may be, but when the time comes, it's all about Here's the key. Here's the key to legacy. It's not about a promise. It's about the people who are a part of it. You see, the promise you're pursuing may be fulfilled by the person you are preparing. Pastor Scott and I, we met for several months before any, we never talked about ever we never talked about this opportunity, even though I knew it was uh, uh, the last time we met, I knew it was happening. We didn't never even talk. I think, I think he might have been more surprised than I was when they, call, when they emailed me. I was totally shocked. I was like, are you kidding me? Never talked about it. But all that time, listen, we met every other month or so we'd call, and we got a lot in common because both our Sons played college football. I'm playing college football. And so we would just talk. He'd mentor me a little bit, and we'd chat. We'd chat mostly about football. How many know football is a good thing? And we'd chat mostly about that. But all that time, all those things that he was saying to me, he was preparing me the whole time, not knowing that this day was going to happen. The promise you're pursuing may be fulfilled by the person you're preparing. Secondly, we've got to embrace God's call to maturity. We have to embrace the fullness of what God has for you and I in this season. 
The result of taking responsibility is a life of maturity. Maturity does not necessarily mean how old you are or how long you've been coming to church. How many know that's true? Ephesians 4.11 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people, listen, for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity. Everybody say unity. In the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants. Other translation says, then we will no longer be immature. Maturity is not a result of just good Bible teaching. Maturity doesn't stop at getting a good gospel meal. How many of you know, listen, if my sermon doesn't go past these seats in this auditorium, we will never mature. All you'll talk about is good preaching, I hope right? We'll never experience the fullness of what God has if it never leaves this auditorium. Maturity is a result of taking what I've been equipped with and serving the body with it. The apostle Paul was saying that maturity is only fully embraced when we are doing something with what we are hearing. Everybody say maturity. James seemed to agree with Paul. James 1, to 25 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. How many you ever want to just forget yourself after looking in the mirror, Right? Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, listen to this, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Listen, God doesn't want us to be forgetful in the work. He wants us to be faithful in the work. You know, everything I've learned about ministry has been in the context of serving others. I went to a two-year discipleship, discipleship school called Genesis Discipleship Training School. The first year was about your foundation and your relationship with God, and the second year was about leadership and discipling others. You know, it was all about we learned how to, how to live, and then we'd learn how to love others. What I was learning, listen, had to be translated into practically loving people. How do you know, listen, it's easy to love God, the first and greatest commandment, right? It's easy to love God. It's easy to get your worship on. Come on, somebody. It's easy to close your eyes and forget about everybody around you and lift up your hands and slap someone in the head when you go, go arms open wide, right? But listen, we have to go from vertical Listen, but we grow to mature saints, listen, by our horizontal relationships. Listen, the more I do this, listen, it prepares me to do this a whole lot better. It prepares me to love people. 
When I get my worship on, listen, this, these relationships are just as important to my relationship with God. In those early days of Genesis, we would learn all week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we were required to practice what we were learning throughout the weekend and all the different services and all the different ministries. Amy was a bus pastor. We had seven buses that went out to the poorest parts of Santa Rosa, and we gathered kids on that Saturday, 350 kids in children's church, jumping on cars, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But listen, we practiced what we were learning. We were doers, listen, not only hearers, but doers of the word. And lastly, we have to reach for our capacity in Christ. What do I mean by that? When we embrace maturity, listen, we will reach new capacities. How are you ready to maximize what God is doing in you? Listen, it's time to get the limits off. It's time to start, stop minimizing what God is doing in you and allowing God to maximize what he's deposited in you. Ephesians 3.14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from the whole family in heaven and earth, his name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, according to that $6 million, come on, according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. How do you know that's a good goal right there? And I love this, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. How does he do that? Not by maximizing yourself. No, not by maximizing your potential. No, but by maximizing the potential that's within you. It goes on to say, according to the power that works in us. How do you got something working in you right now? And verse 21, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. We see the generational work of the gospel again in Paul's writings. Everybody say no limits. I heard the Lord whisper this phrase to me earlier in the week, so I'm going to pass it on. He said to me, don't look for a hero. Look for spiritual fathers and mothers and sons and daughters to emerge. Now, that might be different language for you. But I just want to say, listen, it's family language. How many know the church is family? Listen, the church has listen, the church has business, but it's not a business. It's a family. It's a body. Come on. It's it's an it's an organism, not an organization. You see, when a spiritual father and mother, Pastor Scott and Karen, listen, when they are called out. The spiritual sons and daughters of the house, they get called up. So listen, Pastor Scott and Karen, that means, listen, they're, they haven't left. No, they, have, they are leaving a legacy behind them, listen, that we in turn steward for the glory of God. Fathers and mothers then raise up more spiritual sons and daughters. 
And we together, New Life, we now have the responsibility of cultivating the promises that have been planted years gone by. We're cultivating the promises of God. We're receiving the inheritance, but not only are we receiving the inheritance, listen, we are cultivating the inheritance so that it grows. Listen, so that we are like the servants in Matthew 25. Listen, that we double, come on, that we get more for the return, that we get more than was planted. It's so important to understand this kingdom d- dynamic. Listen, they didn't leave. I, wanna, I want you to hear this in my, I want you to hear this from me. They didn't leave. They left a deposit for us to steward. Most of us would be familiar with the Apostle Paul's relationship with Timothy. Timothy was Paul's spiritual son and Paul was Timothy's spiritual father. Paul would establish a church and then send his spiritual sons and daughters to encourage the church when he was absent. And he reminds Timothy over and over again of this dynamic. Look at 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. I love this. Verse 6 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I was so excited that Pastor Scott and Karen were here today. It means more to me, listen, than anything else. Listen, for them to lay hands on me, the very thing that's been on them, the legacy that's been on them, listen, has now been on me, has been laid on Amy and I. And listen, symbolically, it's been laid on all of us. We have a legacy to live out. 1 Corinthians 4.15. Oh, let me just finish the verse first. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. Say, I'm not scared. But gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I'm debating. This is where I stop first service. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to go a little further. Is that okay? I've been told by many leaders that we have big shoes to fill. No doubt we understand the risk and responsibility we, would, we had when we said yes. But as a church, we can't have a mentality that waits to see if Dean and Amy are going to be able to replace Pastor Scott and Karen. Because nobody can do that. We need fathers and mothers, sons and daughters to take their place. And this morning, I'm challenging you as we go into this next ever, forever, whatever, however long it is, as we go into this next season together, I'm asking you, maybe you were a spiritual son and daughter of Pastor Scott and Karen. Listen, the best thing you could do is step into your place as a spiritual father and mother. Maybe you've been on the sidelines. Maybe you've just been coming in and out and just coming to church on Sundays. But maybe it's time for you to step into your place and be a spiritual son and daughter of this house. I really believe that's what God is wanting to do. You see, we can't wait. We can't wait. Everybody say, we can't wait. We have to get to work and start allowing God to work through us so that we can maximize what God wants to do in the Thomas and what God wants to do in the Artisan and what God wants to do in the greater Sacramento region. Listen, alignment always comes before fulfillment. 
And I'm asking you today, will you align yourself with us? Will you align yourself with the mantle, listen, that has been passed on to us? You've seen it with your own eyes. It's been passed on to us, and therefore it's been passed on to you. Will you align yourselves to see fulfillment in this next season? Will you stand with me? I've got more, but that's a good place to stop. We're going to do this differently, but I'm going to have the entire staff just come and line up. If you guys come up up here on the steps, that would be better. Or right there is fine. What I want you to do is just a symbolic act this morning. If you would just say, you know what? I want to receive my inheritance. I want to come to alignment. I want to receive my next assignment so that I can see fulfillment happen, not only in my life, but in the life of Real Life Church.